Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. My name is Nick. It's so amazing to have you here. This show is all about my journey of scratch-made food and positive energy. If this is your first time here, welcome. I hope that you'll enjoy your stay, and I hope that you become one of the regular listeners here. Those of you who are returning listeners, welcome back. I hope that you've had an absolutely amazing new year so far. Happy 2022 to everybody out there, wherever you are, whenever you are, whenever you're listening to this, I hope that you're doing so absolutely incredible. Today on the show, I'm going to talk about comfort food. Just just stick to your ribs, mouth-watering, rich in flavor, over and over, concentrated, reduced shepherd's pie. Kind of a blend, actually, between a shepherd's pie and a cottage pie. Cottage pie is beef. Shepherd's pie is lamb. I used both when I made mine. So I'm going to tell you all about that a little bit later on in the show. But first, I wanted to kind of do something a little bit different here, if you'll indulge me. This show, as I've mentioned in the past, is all about trying to make the world a better place, one dish at a time. I've had some spectacular food victories in 2021. The most recent of which was I made sea scallops for the first time ever. Based on Gordon Ramsay's recipe, I never thought that they cooked up quite that fast. But let me tell you, just unbelievable how good they turned out. Just a really, really quick sear. It's basically 90 to 100 seconds per side in a really smoking hot pan. Like You got to get that pan so hot. Just salt and pepper. Just very plain and simple seasoning, but unbelievable, the flavor. I've never, ever had good sea scouts before. I've only ever had them one other time, and the ones that I had were overcooked and rubbery and kind of just didn't taste good. They were very bad experience. So I wasn't looking forward to this, and I wasn't really expecting much out of it. But holy cow, what a dish. I, of course, also made prime rib for New Year's. I actually made a bone-in rib roast, which I normally don't do. Normally, I'll get boneless. But I did do a bone-in rib roast. I got like a 5.2-pound roast for two people because that's the kind of person I am. (laughs) And I actually saved up the bones from the roast, and I'm going to be making French onion soup. I'm just going to chuck those right in there and let those cook down with the stock as well. That's going to be so, so amazing. Can't wait to make that. Of course, French onion soup I made a long, long time ago in the history of this show, way back in episode five. Way back in episode five. Just wonderful. Can't wait to make that. Can't wait to tell you guys all about that again. Over on the Patreon, you can actually catch the full recipe for my prime rib. But I've had such a great, great, great year in 2021 in terms of food. 2022 is going to be a lot different in terms of food. And what I mean by that is the content's changing. The content's going to be changing pretty significantly because as much as I love podcasting, As much as I love talking about food, I love cooking food, and I love being able to cook food for people. And since 
pandemic and just, you know, living far away from people that I would normally have for dinner. I don't often get to cook enough for people, but there's ways that I can cook for people and just bring it into your home, wherever you are onto your device, wherever you're located. So I'm going to be starting food streams sometime this month is the goal. Uh, it's going to basically happen when it's ready to happen. I'm not going to force it or anything, but I've got to come up with like a couple of recipes that I really want to try. And then I've got to kind of come up with a format, like a layout and everything. I'm basically going to kind of turn my island into like a little mobile production studio. <laughs> I'm really, really excited. I can't wait. So the link to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Nikolai's Kitchen is down below. Make sure you are following on the channel over there. And I'm really, really excited to bring food related content over on Twitch to expand the scope of what Nikolai's Kitchen is because I want my messages of positivity and scratch made food to reach so many people. I want to try to make so many people's lives better. And I can only do that if I'm willing to challenge myself, step outside of my comfort zone and try to broaden the scope of what I do here. So the podcast is going to continue. This isn't like an announcement that the podcast is ending or anything, but food is such a visual thing. People need to hear things sizzling in the pan. People need to see the freshness of something in real time. They need to watch you cut something up, watch you cut into something and see that initial pull apart, that initial fold, whatever it is. Food is so, so much visually about that kind of thing. And I think it's really going to help Nikolai's Kitchen grow well beyond the scope of what it is now. So I hope that you'll all join me for that journey. And as this journey here continues... So for this week's positivity segment, I just kind of want to go back through some of the wins and some of the losses that I had from 2021 in food. And let me tell you, this was actually kind of a treat to kind of go back and look at some of the different things that I've made this year, because some of these things I completely forgot that I'd made. Some of these things I've made a number of times since. Some of these things are just kind of stored away in a brain file somewhere. This needs work. Do it again. And starting with pretty much one of the first things that happened in January 2021 was the random recipe challenge. So the random recipe is something that's a holdover from my old food podcast, The Restaurant. And it's something that has not returned since. January was literally the one and only time I did the random recipe challenge on Nikolai's Kitchen. And I do have plans to introduce it over on Patreon, but it may also be in conjunction with the streaming thing. I just, it's not content that I'm really interested in doing anymore uh, as far as the regular show goes. I still like the idea of taking random ingredients and seeing what kind of a dish I can come up with and seeing what ways I can use different ingredients maybe that I'm not quite as familiar with. I made a relish, a relish, which I don't even eat relish, but I made it with mango and ginger and pickles. Didn't turn out too terrible, I didn't think. But yeah, that will be continuing as a Patreon series. So if you're interested in seeing more of that kind of thing, I've still got some stuff. I think I had November 
over there. It probably won't be all the time, probably quarterly kind of thing, but stay tuned over on the Patreon and that stuff is going to be coming your way. Speaking of Patreon, my VIP patrons, Fudge. Homemade fudge. There was no way I was getting it out in time for the holidays. I'm so sorry that I didn't get it to you, but I'm so pleased to see so many of my VIP patrons making that tart apple pie with a cookie crust. I sent all my VIP patrons pie kits, and it's so wonderful to see those photos over in the dining room, the Facebook group for the show. Thank you so much. I'm so, so, so blown away by how beautiful all those pies have looked. I really, really am. Thank you so much for making them. I was really unsure about how the kits were going to work, and it's not something I intend to do all the time. I really do want to try to ship things that I've made in my kitchen directly to you, but I just couldn't with moving and everything. Like It was too difficult to do different things. I can't ship stuff refrigerated. It just costs way too much money, so I felt like this was a good compromise because you know it was much easier that way. I was still going to send pie filling, so you still were going to have to make the crust anyway. So it, you know, I, I mixed all the, all the, all the dry ingredients together. So I hope that you enjoyed it. I really, really do hope that you enjoyed it. And in VIP patrons or those of you who are willing to sign up over on Patreon, let me know what you thought of it. Episode 13, I made a brioche French toast. That was the one and only time I made like legitimate brioche bread. I've made some brioche dinner rolls and some brioche hamburger buns since then, but I haven't gone back to make like actual brioche bread since then. In episode 14, I talked about homemade pasta. I love making homemade pasta. Sadly, I didn't get a chance to do a lot of it last year. I really, really do miss doing it. I got a pasta machine for my birthday from Rebecca's parents, and I still haven't used it even as of this recording, which is criminal. It's criminal. I really, really need to break that thing out. Episode 15, my love affair with Chicken Tikka Masala began when Dan came on the show for the first ever Table for Two, a format that I definitely intend to continue with into 2022. I really, really love talking to other people live on the air about food, about why they're passionate about food, about their connections to food and why they love food so much. And I have made that exact chicken tikka masala dish a number of times since. It is amazing every single time, especially when I made it with the homemade naan, which is another episode that came up later in the season. Crusties were of the beginning of 2021 as well. I made four different types of crusties, some of which did not work at all. Looking at you, blueberry lemon curd. <laughs> In episode 17, I talked about a baked brie with a homemade puff pastry. I actually don't think I've made homemade puff pastry since I made that one. And now I have a pasta cutter. I specifically bought it so I can make puff pastry, but I haven't made it since. I will tell you one thing I'm intending to make puff pastry for. Wellington. It's bucket list for me, and it is 2022 goals for me. It's happening this year. I don't know when. I don't know for what occasion, but I am buying a beef tenderloin, and I am making a beef wellington. It's happening. In episode 19, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later because I made the mashed potatoes featured in that episode for Shepherd's Pie. Episode 19 was another amazing comfort food staple. Meatloaf and mashed potatoes does not get better than meatloaf and mash, I'll tell you that. Episode 20 was the second ever Table for Two with Heather of Sunshine and Power Cuts. And we made flourless chocolate coconut muffins. I have not made these since. I would love to make these again. These were amazing. Absolutely incredible. I totally forgot that I had made chocolate waffles. <laughs> totally forgot I had made chocolate waffles. I think this was kind of tailing around the end of season one. 
I did my first ever pesto in episode 26. Oh, I haven't made pesto since. And Rebecca and I keep talking about it. We're like, we really need to make pesto again. We really, really do. We just haven't done it. There's so many things that I've made that I have loved that are great that I'd love to fold into kind of the, the repertoire, as it were, and just make them regularly all the time. And there's just not enough room to fit everything in, unfortunately. Things like basil, uh, pesto are a little bit more prohibitive, especially if you use pine nuts. I know you can substitute other kinds of nuts in there when you make pesto and it's a little bit different but yeah you know i'm i, I want to use pine nuts i want to make it legit but it's kind of a little bit cost prohibitive in, in that sense but that was an amazing amazing pesto beautiful over seared chicken Salmon is another thing that I continued with in 2021, of course, after having made it for the first time uh, the year prior. And just unbelievable cedar plank salmon over the grill. Get that beautiful smoky char in there. I did an orange herbed butter, so it had a nice kind of sweet brown sugary glaze to it as well. Just perfection. And you want to talk about perfection, something that, I mean, literally, I'm pretty sure this whole house here obsessed with enchiladas, especially now I am going to be doing another episode on enchiladas next episode. Episode 41 is going to be enchiladas to electric boogaloo because every sequel has to have electric boogaloo in the title because, <laughs> but yeah enchiladas are just such an amazing thing and these were just something that were tossed together with leftover uh grilled marinated chicken and some leftover grilled peppers and onions that i had and they were good they were good 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 but i've since elevated that game to you know little cubes of chuck roast that i marinate in like lime juice and worcestershire and cilantro and all these kinds of different elements sear that or marinating chicken in like lime and cilantro and salt and giving that a nice hard sear on the grill homemade corn tortillas i'm telling you like one of one of my favorite bites ever is that first bite that i had of fresh made enchilada with homemade tortillas homemade marinated chicken filling like i grilled it it was just drenched in lime and cilantro and just beautiful bliss so spicy like the the mouthfeel of it is so all-encompassingly beautiful i can't really begin to describe it I mentioned the naan before when I talked about chicken tikka masala. And when I made the first chicken tikka masala with Dan, I really poorly made rice. And I've been really, really frustrated with myself over most of my life because I've never really been able to make rice very well until just the past couple of months, really. And since then, I've become obsessed with eating basmati rice because I finally nailed it to get the texture and taste exactly the way I want it. And now I've got it perfect. And now I love, love, love eating rice. But back when I first made chicken tikka masala, oh God, that rice was terrible. It was the only mark on an otherwise amazing, amazing dish. So I set out to learn how to make homemade naan. And I crowdsourced a whole bunch of recipes and kind of made my own. And... Let me tell you, that naan is so beautiful. I made a homemade garlic cilantro herbed butter, drenched over it. That bite with that chicken tikka masala and that homemade naan, out of this world good. Out of this world good. And I know, you know, I'm, I'm listening to myself talk about all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, this all sounds braggy in a way. And I, I kind of understand that. And I'm not trying to be braggy because I've definitely had some failures uh, this last year as well. Talk about breakfast lasagna 
which conceptually is a good idea. Conceptually, I love the idea of a breakfast lasagna, but this one just didn't really land all that well. This one just wasn't the greatest. My hollandaise, I tried to make a hollandaise for it, disaster. Unbelievable how bad that hollandaise turned out. So I've still got a lot to learn in some other avenues. Mac and cheese orama with Emma verbal diorama. Oh, I loved having her on the show. She's such an amazing person. Orange chicken, again with that basmati rice. Finally, for the first time ever, I actually nailed basmati rice. That was at the end of November. And I finally, in 41 and a half years almost, learned how to cook rice. It's ridiculous. I can't even believe it. I don't even know what else to say about it. I just love looking back at all of these different things that I've done. Things like dessert pizza. And I made a different version of that over Christmas uh, for Christmas sticky snacks. And I did it entirely with strawberries. I sliced them really thin because I wanted them to look like dragon scales laid over the top. One of the most amazing dessert bites I've ever had. Just fantastic. It's important that we go back and that we celebrate these moments, that we celebrate victories that we've had. Because, yeah, you know what? I've had some really, really bad food fails. There's recipes that I'll concept and then I'll make them. And then by the time I present the recipe to you guys, I've already amended it. And I've already fixed it, and I've already sometimes made it again, or two times. So I've already kind of worked out the kinks, but sometimes those rough drafts of recipes are rough. And even then, like, sometimes I'll kind of riff on things on the fly, like pizza sauce. My pizza sauce recipe was featured earlier this year, and I just made it again yesterday, but I ended up adding too much black pepper to it. Now, it, I love pepper. I am a guy who never, it seems, can have too much pepper. But the pepper in the sauce kind of overwhelms all the other elements of it. So unfortunately, it's just a little bit too much. So I still fail all the time. And it's important to learn from the failures. It's important to take all the things that we've done. And it's important to look at them with a critical lens and say, this is what I did wrong. This is where I messed this up. Or this is where I have an opportunity to learn and grow. It's so important to do that, but it's so important as well to celebrate the victories. And that's kind of why I wanted to run through some of these different things that I've made. To look back at some of these amazing things, especially the things that I had done for the first time that I had never, ever done before. Things like enchiladas, which are legitimately a staple here. We eat them like every couple of weeks. We love them. They are beyond words. If you ever come here to visit me, you're getting enchiladas, I promise you. <laughs> It's so important though, take the time, wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to this, pause this episode if you need to, but take some time consciously think about things that you've done over the past year that you're so proud of. Remember some times when maybe you didn't execute as well as you could have, and maybe you still have more to learn. And that's okay. It's okay to have more to learn. There's still so much about cooking that I don't know. There's still so much about cooking that I'm not getting right. You should have seen the calzones I made yesterday. They looked awful. They were fine. They were okay. They were nothing special. They were nothing to write home about because I still have not really nailed a good calzone. 
I still have so much more to learn in that department. I still have so much more to learn about so many things. I want to go back and do that breakfast lasagna again. I want to nail a hollandaise. I want to do like a legit eggs Benedict someday. I just haven't gotten there yet. We are all on this journey of life and we have to just go on this journey wherever life takes us and just let it continue to take us there. All we can do is just keep working hard, just knowing there's still more to learn. Even doing this podcast, even doing, and I'm going to be jumping into a whole different kind of thing when I start doing food streams, because there's going to be so much there to learn. And so much is going to change over like those first initial few streams. So I hope that you'll stay with me through the rough stuff. But doing things like this, even podcasting, even podcast editing, I'm still learning. I'm still finding better ways to trim and present content and put things out there. My video content, especially over on the YouTube channel, doing my satisfactory series, I am like really getting vicious as an editor. And I mean vicious in the way that like I'm wholesale just hack and slashing away different things because I want to tell a story. And that's what this show is about, is telling a story. That's what the streams are going to be about, is telling a story in a different manner. We are still learning. We are still working so hard. And no matter where you are on that journey, if you feel like you still have so much to learn, that's great. Don't give up that drive. Keep working because you're going to keep learning every day. I promise you, you will. And if you think you've nailed something, like I love, I like bar none adore my pizza sauce recipe. I've got to learn how to temper it. I've got to learn how to step back, how to walk it back and not go so extra and not think like sometimes like I write down recipe quantities for a reason. Like I can't just kind of rough it and oh, that looks like a tablespoon. It was really probably more two tablespoons or a tablespoon and a half, but that can throw off the balance of a whole pot of sauce. It really, really can. Never, ever close off your mind to the idea that you can keep learning, that you should keep learning. You're amazing. Life is amazing. This journey of life, all the things that we have learned and that we have yet to learn. Think about, like, I'm 41 and I'm just now learning how to make Asian food. Like, I'm just starting to step into that and really get into my, like, groove with it rice like i've really really done some knockout batches of rice i mean it's rice i mean it's nothing to write home about like it's rice but compared to the rice i was producing like when i back when i made that chicken tikka masala with dan not even close that rice was terrible (laughs) it was awful never ever ever think that you can't learn more keep working keep fighting keep trying to learn more. Don't ever give up because I promise you that if you just keep going, if you just keep working, if you just keep reading and researching and learning, your mind will continue to expand in more ways than I can possibly quantify for you here. So don't ever give up on yourselves. No matter what you do, And if you do something and it doesn't turn out exactly the way that you want it to keep trying next week on the show, like I said, I'm going to talk about enchiladas again. It's the first time I'm going to really revisit wholesale, revisit an earlier recipe. 
but it's because my enchiladas, even since episode 28, have changed so, so much. In like six months, that enchilada dish has become a staple here. And I never, ever could have imagined that coming into 2021. I can't wait to see what this year has in store. I'm so excited. I'm so just blown away by life's infinite potential. Never close yourself off to it. Open yourself, open your mind to the limitless potential of life. And never, never, never give up on yourself. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to Nikolai's Kitchen. I haven't been talking about it lately because I just don't feel like talking about it. Because you know what? No matter how much I plead or no matter how much I ask you to, if you're going to review the show, you're going to review the show. If you're not going to, you're not going to. But if you are inclined to leave a review for the show, if you are inclined to support me, you help the show by leaving a review. Go to Apple Podcasts. Spotify now has a, an algorithm and, and things for reviews. Go to Podchaser. Go to Good Pods. Go to wherever you're listening to this or all the different platforms for podcasting. Go everywhere. Leave a five-star reading and review for the show. It really, really does help play the algorithm game. Everything is about these algorithms. And the more reviews you get, the more comments you get, the more shares you get, the more likes you get, the more discussion you get, the more your content is going to grow. So if you want to help me grow, if you want to help me reach more people with my messages of positivity and scratch-made food, review, share, like, subscribe, all that stuff across all media, wherever you find me. And I can't wait to talk to you guys about shepherd's pie. Now this comes with a huge, huge, huge shout out to Roger at the kitchen counter podcast. The bones of this recipe are largely Rogers, especially with reductions. So when Roger did this recipe and I listened to his episode, it was done in three separate stages of reduction. You're constantly, you're adding liquid, reducing it all the way out, adding more liquid, reducing it all the way out because you're constantly just building and adding on more layers of flavor as you build this. Now, my recipe has definitely moved on from Rogers in a few different notable ways, but I've got to shout him out every time I make this because it's him that first opened my eyes to the power of multiple reductions, how much that can add to a dish, how much flavor. And I am telling you what, uh, my friend Jen ate this, said it was the best shepherd's pie she'd ever had. And that's, uh, I can't even form words to tell you how good things like that make me feel. When somebody says that they've eaten something I've made and that has absolutely blown them away. I love it. So let me tell you what I did the most recent time that I made shepherd's pie. For your filling, you're going to need a tablespoon of grapeseed oil or something that's got a high smoke point. You're going to need three pounds of ground beef or lamb. Now, technically, purists, don't come at me. A shepherd's pie is made entirely with lamb. A cottage pie is made entirely with ground beef. 
but that's more like if you're in Europe, like I think here in the States, since ground beef is so kind of commonly widely available, that's more what, you know, we call shepherd's pie in the States, but you know, I did a blend. I did two pounds of ground beef and one pound of lamb when I made my shepherd's pie. You're going to get two medium carrots. You're going to shred them. You're going to get one medium onion. You're going to finely dice it. You're going to get 10 cloves of garlic minced, two tablespoons of tomato paste, a teaspoon of dark brown sugar, a quarter of a teaspoon of allspice, two tablespoons of fresh rosemary, a tablespoon of fresh thyme, one bottle of dry red wine or three cups. You need one cup of beef stock, one cup of vegetable stock, a tablespoon of turmeric, a tablespoon of black pepper, and salt to taste. First things first here, we've got to get that meat. Let the heat hit the meat. Stickers and shirts coming 2022, hopefully, probably. Get your grapeseed oil in a large high wall skillet or Dutch oven and get that up to mid-high heat. You're going to get this really hot. Then you're going to add your meat mixture in batches. Don't overcrowd your pan. I did this in three batches a pound at a time. You're going to add some salt and pepper in there and let the meat sear. Put it in the pan and let it sit. Because as soon as you start stirring it around, you're not searing it. You're just kind of letting it braise in its own fat. You really want that nice, beautiful caramelization to form on the meat. So let it sit there. You're going to smell it. Believe me, you will smell it. Then stir it. Once it's seared, it does not need to be cooked all the way through. Drain the rest of the fat off of it. Remove it from the pan and get the next batch in there. Finish all of your batches of meat. And then you're going to chuck all of it back into the pot. And you're going to add your carrots, onion, and garlic. Stir that together and combine it. And then you're just going to cook that until the vegetables soften up probably about five minutes or so, because you're still going to be rendering and cooking some of the fat out of the ground beef and the ground lamb. From here, you're going to add your tomato paste, sugar, allspice, rosemary, and thyme, and then stir that all together to combine it really, really well. Meanwhile, in a separate container, take your beef stock, your veggie stock, and your red wine, combine that in a large container, stir it all up really well, and then start adding your wine and stock mixture to the shepherd's pie filling a third of it at a time. So that works out to what? A little over a cup and a half, cup and two thirds, I think. Stir it together, get everything nice and combined and just let it cook down. Let all that moisture cook out. You're going to start to hear that sear, that sizzle. You're going to stir it around and you're not going to see a lot of moisture left in there. Once that's done, add the other third. Let it reduce again. Add the last third. Let it reduce again. Now it should still be wet, but it shouldn't be like runny. There shouldn't be like a ton of juice, like free flowing, like water in there. It really needs to thicken up. And you're going to notice too, especially by the time you get to that third reduction, this becomes so kind of rich and thick and just taste this, taste it here before you bake it, before you do everything else and just taste the bliss of all of those herbs and spices and that meat all together in that bite and then again all that red wine you're taking and and you know what if you want to make something a little bit nicer you know usually i'll get like a six dollar kind of cheap bottle for cooking but you know if you're making this for like a dinner party or whatever splurge you know get like one of your favorite wines if caveat if one of your favorite wines is around like 10 12 a bottle don't spend 40 bucks and then cook it all out so once you've got everything kind of reduced in that third reduction add turmeric, black pepper, and salt. Get that all to taste. Get the flavors kind of exactly where you want them. Okay. Then you're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees and you're going to dump your filling into a nine by nine baking dish or a 10 inch oval baking dish. I have a 10 inch oval and it is perfect for this. 
And then you are going to top this with mashed potatoes. So this is the first time I've actually done this. I chucked all the mashed potatoes into a Ziploc bag, just cut the corner off and just used it as a makeshift piping bag. And then just did little bloop, little dollops all along the top. Left these kind of nice spikes coming out that got this beautiful, beautiful crunch to them. So you're going to bake your shepherd's pie at 350 degrees for 40 minutes. And then I actually kicked the broiler on at the end for just a couple of minutes to really give a good brown crust to the outside of those mashed potatoes. So you're going to take this out of the oven, let it rest for about 10 minutes and then dig in. And I am telling you what, that just first of all, the creamy, smooth dreaminess of those mashed potatoes. These are the same mashed potatoes I made in episode 19, but I stripped down the recipe a little bit. There's not a lot of extra stuff in here. They're kind of bare bones because you've got so much going on in the filling. You really don't want anything going on in the mashed potatoes. You just want that to be a kind of nice, kind of creamy, rich, and starchy contrast to the intensity. And I mean this with everything intensity of the flavors that are going to be coming at you in that shepherd's pie filling. You're getting all the earthiness of that red wine. You're getting those amazing fresh herbs in there, that garlic, the sweetness from the carrot that's playing around in there. And then all the different flavors from the stocks. It's just, there's so much going on in it. Every bite almost kind of feels just a little bit different. It's unbelievable how good this turns out. Do yourself a favor, take this recipe, make it yourself. And I promise you, I promise you, this will find its way into your regular rotation because it is amazing. And I did want to break down the potato recipe here before we run out. So again, this is the same recipe that I made back in episode 19, but I've stripped it down. There's no garlic, there's no onion in this or anything like that. You are going to need four pounds of russet potatoes. You're going to need six tablespoons of butter. So basically three quarters of a stick, cut it lengthwise and then into six slices. So you have 12 chunks of butter. Keep that in the fridge until you're ready to use it. You're going to need two cans of evaporated whole milk or three cups of whole milk. You can add cream here as well. I would caution against it highly because you're making shepherd's pie filling. It is very calorically dense. If you add cream to the potatoes, you're just going to make it so decadent. I mean, it it'd be really good. <laughs> I've had, I've had mashed potatoes made with cream over shepherd's pie before over this recipe. And <laughs> it's good. It's, it's fantastic. Let me tell you, but uh, yeah, save yourself the calories. You're going to need salt and pepper to taste as well. You're going to peel and cube your potatoes, cut them down into about one inch chunks. You're going to bring salted water to a boil. You don't want to over salt here, but you do want to start imparting some flavor to the potatoes here because they're going to take on that salt whenever you put it in there. So make sure you don't over salt. You can always add a little bit more and adjust later when you're mashing. You're going to cook the potatoes until they are fork tender, drain them out, and then chuck them into a bowl. You're going to add milk into your pot, and then you're just going to bring it to a simmer at mid-low heat. You don't want this to scorch or burn. You just kind of want it to get hot. Just start simmering around the edges of the pan. Once you get there, turn it off. Use a hand masher or a potato ricer and mash your potatoes down. Don't whip them. Don't use an electric mixer. I promise you, you're going to turn them into glue and it's not going to be nearly as rewarding texture-wise. Then you're going to add your cold butter and your warm milk. Thank you, Ann Burrell. Cold butter warm cream. Add your cold butter in half of your milk and then mix that together with a large spoon or a spatula. And you're going to continue adding more of the milk until they kind of reach your desired consistency and then finish it off with whatever seasonings you might need to. 
this whole thing for the shepherd's pie is going to yield 12 portions. To me, that's a half a pound of meat and a third a pound of potatoes. Calories per serving is 612. I used whole evaporated milk when I made my potatoes. Keep in mind, again, you can use different types of milk. You really need milk with some milk fat in it. So don't use like fat-free milk. It's basically water. You know, use something with a little bit of milk fat into it. But just like I said, if you're going to use cream in your potatoes, it's, I don't advise it. I, I, re- I really, really don't because you're going to add so many more calories to a, an already dense dish. But it's so brilliantly, beautifully flavorful. One of the most wonderful bites. And again, hats off to Roger because he really opened my eyes to multiple reductions, reduction, 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 concentrating over and over, layering those flavors in there. That's why you don't want to season that filling until the end. That's why you don't want to start chucking salt and pepper in there because you're going to be concentrating, cooking in those flavors. You might get enough flavor from the wine, from the stocks, from all the other things. You might not even need to add any salt and pepper or maybe just a little. Just make sure you're generous whenever you're doing the reduction. Make sure you give it the time it needs. Let it breathe. Let it develop all of those amazing flavors. And that is going to do it for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. The first episode of 2022. The first of many. Season 3 is going to be running all the way through until mid-April. And then I'm going to be taking some time off for this year's live stream for the cure. The sixth event Six years of live stream for the cure. I cannot believe we've raised over $50,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. More information is going to be coming up about this year's event, including when it will be and kind of plans for what we're going to be doing content-wise because it's going to look quite a bit different. Those of you who are listening to this who have been part of or have seen previous live streams, this year is going to be a lot different. Uh, the, The event really, really is going to evolve because we're going to be aiming for our biggest goal to date and we really, really need to drive that goal. So I really hope you'll mark your calendars mid-May sometime. Just keep that in mind. It'll be coming. I am so, so grateful for you. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to this. Whether you've listened to the whole episode, maybe you just skipped to the recipe. Maybe you skipped the recipe entirely and only listened to the positivity stuff. Whatever you're here for, whenever you're here for it, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much. Believe in yourselves. Remember that life is all about a journey. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Mm-hmm.